Hello. Good morning or good afternoon. Good good time of day, basically, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Thank you very much for joining. I'm so happy to hear your perfectly crisp voice come through with no technical issues this time. That's what I'm happy. The audio is working. Yeah. My goodness. Thank goodness. No idea what happened last time. I um, I almost had a, a, a falling out with um, with Restream because I was contacting about technical issues. I was like, it's not working, it's not working. But whatever, we're here now and it works. Well, like I said, I was telling you offline, that was the best thing that ever happened because I finally invested in an audio box instead of a little tiny micro USB. So yeah, thank you to Restream. Right. Yeah, exactly right. The, 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 the should maybe be reimbursed you the cost, 50 bucks or whatever it was. I'm not sure, the 100 bucks. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, thanks for being here. Looking forward to it. Um, should we start with like a little bit? You can introduce yourself so people yeah. know who you are, and we'll go in. Yeah, that sounds good. So, hello for people who don't know me. And I see a lot of people from the podcast. My name is uh, Tommy Puglia. I am a Microsoft MVP. Been honored to be one for the last four years. I lead the Chicago Power BI User Group. And we're hopefully doing some new stuff on site, live and online at the same time coming up. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Um, but we meet once a month and we, we've been doing it for a while. It's, it's, it's awesome. I uh, also run my own little band or my own little gig, uh, Pulia BI Consulting, which is everything around how do we develop, adopt. Power BI strategy for working with BI teams in an organization as a whole. Uh, how do we build and develop? So doing everything that touches Power BI and then training. So if people don't like me as much, but just like the knowledge, then we can just train and kind of let go, so to speak. But I've uh, been doing that actually pretty recently. I, I was doing it on the side for a while, mm -hmm. but kind of, so to speak, ripped the Band-Aid. And um, it's kind of the full full time now. So I have opportunities to do stuff like this and uh, nice. in Power BI for my goodness since back in the designer days when it was power mm -hmm. bi designer so oh. been in it for a while yeah and That's um cool. lo I absolutely lo love the whole the whole gig yeah that's pretty cool i love that you do the training element as well the training element is always always a fun and interesting one i was thinking about training recently yeah. actually because I've, I've been doing it for a while just internally in the companies that i work for and i think i have to um change it up a little bit because I need to start mentioning some of them because I've always been like very, you know, this is, you know, the PVIX, this is how you get data. And I need to maybe start focusing on, on the other elements that have been coming more. Yeah. You get me? Yeah. Yeah. So actually, and I'll be remiss too. Um, the, the best thing that I do has nothing to do with me. It's actually, there's a podcast out there called the explicit measures podcast. So if you like this call, but you wish I spoke a lot less, um, Mike Carlin, Seth Bauer, uh, Mike Carlin, Seth Bauer. That's, that's always a good one. Um, we do a podcast twice a week. So you can find us on YouTube on power tips or Apple, Spotify. We actually just talked about today, reshaping data. And is that mm. the most uh, um, fundamental, but the most important skill? like is modeling and reshaping data like that is that goes beyond power bi that that is a bi skill mm. and how important that is that laps where like and that's the thing with the training that it's a mindset if you're coming from excel or even sql mm. to understand like a tabular model i mean forget like you can't you can't pick a cell right it iterates over a table mm. but just it's it's a mindset that's not terrible to learn but it is something that it mm. does take a little massaging of the mm. brain of the mind of the mind to say this is how this all works together mm. so absolutely 
Yeah. It was a good show today, by the way. I watched it. Oh, good, it was, good yeah. Uh, I think I had to leave with about 10, 15 minutes to go, but uh, it, it was a good one. I um I enjoyed the Czechoslovakia moment. <laughs> <laughs> There's an inside joke for you if you didn't listen. So yeah. <laughs> so listen, if you don't know what we're talking about, episode exactly. one. So go and check out. Go and check it out. Um, no, it's a great. I actually had a question about that show because it's yeah. one thing that I've never um I've watched them quite frequently. Um, so how how did that come about? How did it start? What's the origin yeah. of this? I, lo I love that question, and okay, this cool. is, I think, why we still love doing it. Okay. So I'm, I knew Mike and Seth for a while. Actually, Chuck Sterling, who is used to be the one of the project manager for Power BI, basically went up to was a matchmaker. He knew Mike and mm -hmm. Seth, and he knew me, and he said, "You guys all need to meet. Like, you cool. guys would just make like make sense together." Mm -hmm. And we met, and it was great. And then we did a user group together, and. We were supposed to talk for five minutes just about the logistics, and we ended up talking for like 45 minutes, laughing, joking, and really personalities meshed. Mm -hmm. So nice. user groups together, and what we noticed, and we noticed this after user groups anyways, the networking side of it, you would have a session about how to do modeling in Power BI. There's the data flow in Power BI, whatever the how is, mm -hmm. and always well and good, but always after the call, whether it was online or networking, go people go. I really like that, but you know, my organization doesn't want to do that, so now I'm kind of stuck. Mm. And we realized really early on, there's there's the best practices, but there are more more than one ways to do it. And mm. why mm. are we doing it a certain way? Mm. So we really felt like that's a conversation we're always having with people, and where it is not so much the like like use calculate and a filter it's like well there's so many other variables and there's so much gray area like how do you actually deploy reports mm -hmm. you can't tell me there's one good way mm -hmm. and we the three of us were very comfortable like even offline arguing with each other like no i think you're that's an it you're an idiot that's not i would never do that but yeah. we always had fun with it and we're like mm -hmm. i think there's something here so we decided at the least part, we can talk about this stuff. And mm. that's really how it came. We called it the Power BI water cooler. If you want to learn how to do something in Power BI, I mean, there's mm. amazing resources out there. Mm. But we really wanted to focus on the why. Why are why are we going to do it this way? Is this the best way? You know, so we really talk about the gray area. And yeah. I mean, again, today was reshaping yeah. data. Well, hold on. Like, should everyone learn how to reshape data if you touch Power BI? Is that a required? So those types mm. of questions that, I mean, they get us pumped up. So, and it's, sure. I, I think there should be more arguing in our space to be completely frank. Like this is a space with power, like, and where it should, uh, there's not always the best way. And yeah. I, I think that leads to better solutions. Yeah, I, I agree. Actually, I think, um, I think, I think I agree. I often feel that I am, I'm reading a lot of things when people are talking about this is the best practice right. and it has to be done this way, which is, of course, sometimes there are best practices, yeah. but I don't think there are as many, as, um, <laughs> I don't think there are as many best practices people actually say. I think sometimes people will focus on this is very, very good. Right. And I think for a newcomer, that can be quite daunting because you feel that like you have to do it that way. And it yeah. makes you explore less, you know? Well, and I think we, we just did a series on people process technology. Mm. And to me, that it was like, the if anything, the podcast helps me out a ton. <laughs> yeah, talk to sure. But you realize that no matter what we're doing and what I love about our space is even if you know the technology completely, like I'm a Power BI guru, 
if you're terrible with people and you don't understand process, I don't know how successful you're going to be. Yeah. And, and I think it, the, it, the skills that you have to have, like my background actually is sociology and psychology. I, um, initially I was actually uh, a little background. I, for, at one point I was going to go to the seminary. So I was learning philosophy. So I was always into wow. the way the mind works and, uh, yeah. So obviously didn't work out. I've got three kids upstairs, but, uh, um, <laughs> but I I've always been into that. And sociology was really good because it was all about mm -hmm. the variables. It was, you know, there's always the theory behind it. And in our space, like if it doesn't, I don't care if you can build a bar chart, you know, like with conditional formatting, you can do a custom visual. That's great. Cool. Mm -hmm. But if you can't communicate that or really understand why someone needs that, it doesn't matter. Donald, I would not appreciate. I think we can leave that there. <laughs> The Power BI priest. That is let's, that is brilliant. That is no good. On. No good. You but you walk straight into that one, mate. Come on. I, I yes, yeah. Well, I wanted to share with everyone something. So oh boy. We're, we're okay. gonna we're gonna kill that's, that. That's right one here. time and then we're done, all right? Yeah, yeah. Vito. You got your one you got your one cookie and then we're done. Go. <laughs> oh um, oh no, but, get his artist done. Oh boy. Um <laughs> I'll, I'll lean into it if I need to, to uh, kill it. it. But, but I, anyway, so that's, I think what this space is all about is you have to know the technology and be focused yeah. on it, but you have to know how people work. Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, yeah. I, f I forget which of your um, podcasts, are we call them podcasts or vodcasts yeah, or yeah, streams yeah. podcasts. I forget which one it was, if, if it was the one I was watching today, but then after that to do a bit of research, I watched a few more. So, I forget which what I was looking at now. <laughs> and you were talking about this, the position that you have sometimes is your job between the data and between the people. Mm -hmm. And um, it's very true. I mean, I speak about this often at work to my boss and stuff and the position that I feel that we have, I mean, my position is, as an analyst is that I feel like quite often I'm also selling the product as well. So one, the requirements and what they need, but also what we have, what we can deliver this, position that we have between data and between the people is quite a unique one. It's quite a challenging one, but I do enjoy it. Um, yeah. it's, it's, Wait, it's let me fun. ask you, because I have an opinion on this, uh, but I want to ask our reports, the value of a report, is that subjective or objective? The mm, quality subjective. of a report. Yeah. I would say subjective for sure. Yeah. Which got uh, initially goes against your your initial logic right because you yeah. say well no it's data it's numbers it's a bar to do all the quality like did you do the best practices mm -hmm. but when i i think when i started leaning into that mode of thought like like you see on linkedin and you see a great examples of a report on linkedin like people are always showcasing yeah. what they do right mm -hmm. but at the same time it's about the audience the person mm -hmm. going in looking at that and if they're not making any action like you, mm. it might be a pretty report that does a lot of cool things, mm. but does, is it supposed to do what it's meant to do? So I, I'm glad you say you think it reports are subjective. I do. Um, on the subject of um, reports that you see on LinkedIn and stuff, I actually recently, I think left the, the power BI community on LinkedIn because I couldn't take it anymore. It was, <laughs> it was, it was too, there, there, I mean, I obviously I follow and I'm connected with a lot of people in that sure. but in that one, it was just too much. And sometimes um, it's it's both ways. There are some very good ones. What I couldn't take was the number of, and I mean this with 
respect, bad ones that you see where people aren't giving constructive feedback. And instead of just saying, wonderful, awesome. Yeah. And it's like, does that really help anyone? Right. We need to be a little more honesty. Maybe, yeah. again, I, in I'm a nice Itali way, of course. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe it's a, I'm Italian, so I come from a very honest family kind of thing. And I think you being the European side too, like mm. there's there's a bit of a more real, realistic pessimism there. Kind yeah. of thing, right? well, my wife's Italian as well. So if I have this yeah. connected with that whole family, so yeah. Right. But and I, I like that you say that's in. That's a very interesting point because you don't want to also be a bully online. No, of course But not. you do want to help people out and mm. not everything's great, you know? Yeah, yeah. And you, I mean, maybe it's just me, the way I perceive myself and what I want to do. Sometimes I'm quite often, I'll start to write a comment and like, you know, pose it in this really yeah. constructive way. Every now and then I've posted something, but then I'm like, I get halfway through, I'm just kind of like, I can't, I can't bother. It's, 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 it's a weird medium. To yeah. put, to give this sort of this sort of feedback, you know, yeah. um, I but again, I just feel more comfortable on Twitter because I think it's strange that when I post it on LinkedIn, the entire universe seems to see it. Right. Sometimes it's a bit weird. I don't know. You know, I I wish there was a forum. There probably is, and you could probably do this with messaging on LinkedIn. But we're I I've been. Have you noticed though too? There's this new thing on LinkedIn called Novi Pro, and there like there's there's new platforms coming up for no. like building our own portfolio of like reports and dashboards. Okay. So, and here, I'll, I'll see if I can send it here. Yeah. Uh, see if you can post them. Yeah. If I click on it. And you can basically like, uh, yeah, I'm going to put that in here and I'm not saying you should do this. I actually don't know how I feel about this yet, <laughs> but, but it's basically anyone. It's like, it's kind of like those uh, graphic design uh, websites mm -hmm. where people can post their, you know, like their designs. Yeah. And so it's kind of like the community the gallery site, but I don't know how I feel about this. Um and I, I, I don't know why I feel that way. I think it sounds like a good idea. There are plenty of places where you can share other things. Um you know, you have whatever GitHub for sharing yeah. code or whatever. Um I don't really the the Power by Community Gallery, whatever it's called, you not as seems to be as active as it used to be. It's yeah. not particularly great. Um, so I'm all, I'm all for that. People got a place to share ideas about visualization. I think we'll all pretty much agree visualization is very overlooked sometimes in the, the right. industry or the tool that we deal with for sure. Right. Um, one second, I was going to bring up something by Johnny here. He's saying uh, it's difficult sometimes. I think some of these posts are very inexperienced, exactly, and you don't want to intimidate them or put them off. I completely agree with that, and I think anyone who is listening to this or is will generally agree that if you say this is good job, well done, try doing this, try doing that. It's not going to come across as intimidating, but if that's if they get that a lot, it might kind of weigh on their shoulders a little bit. I'm not sure. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but um, I agree with what Johnny is saying, basically. Yeah. You don't yeah, want to kind of... I, I think, them. too, like, it's one of those, like, you're playing a game, uh, uh, like, a sport, like, look what I can do. And if you call someone out in the middle of the crowd or the team, it's kind of not mm -hmm. the best way. Probably message them. If, if you ever do see someone like, hey, saw your post, here's the link. Mm -hmm. Had a few mm. ideas, suggestions, and I, yeah, right. because I, you'll never, I don't think you'll really have a lot of success when you're like on a comment, hey, this post that now everyone can see is wrong yeah. because these, that's kind yeah. of being a, um, I'll save yeah. the words. No, <laughs> you say, say whatever you want, mate. This, this, yeah. this is not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, it, uh. it, it's just, but no, but to your point, I think it's a good place is that there's a, 
somewhere that people can share ideas about visualization and um, just create a portfolio. Because also if you're looking for a job or if you are just getting started, somewhere to like watch your own progress. I mean, obviously, if you have a website, you can just do it there, obviously. Yeah. Um, but not everyone has a website, obviously. And um, if it's more of a communal thing, everyone's coming together in one area. Nice. I like so it. I'll check question. it out. Have you interviewed people for uh, BI jobs? I ha- Not for a while, but I have, yeah. 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 So it's, it's interesting with the design. Like if you if I see a design versus actually giving someone like a, a, a um, proposal or a problem to solve. Mm. And to me, there's a big difference because I've seen a lot of great designs that people have sent to me. Mm. and go okay but i'll give them a data set like the van arstel kind of like data set and go here's what i need to solve here you know mm. and i'll go through th- something unique and I, and I said can you build it for me and either i'll ask them to do it in front of me uh okay. mike carlo is a big proponent of this too like let them drive show if they're comfortable but mm. it's amazing i i don't know where that design came from you know what i mean yeah and also design versus functionality Right. Like it may look really pretty, but it doesn't do the job. But that's a good point because I mean, I'm, I'm all for good visualization. I'm not saying I'm good at it, but I just, <laughs> but I'm interested in it. Yeah. Um, but if you're interviewing someone for a job, depending on the job, I mean, where I work, it's very, not entirely, but it's kind of standard financial reporting and other bits and pieces of your standard, you know, industry company reporting. So I would say in that situation, I'd be less interested in the visual aspect because you can heavily influence someone what by what already exists. Right. Um, by I mean, I think actually this is we can just maybe segue into this topic as well. Um, the 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 <laughs> template the templates that you set up. I mean, obviously, if you're a company, usually you have a template, so the colors yeah. are going to look pretty similar. Um, and also, it's more important that the numbers are right. Yeah. And usually at a company with reporting, there aren't that many huge requests that are that difficult when it comes to how a visual should look. It's pretty, you know? Yeah. And I, I, honestly, I am more, I I lean towards you where there is a, (coughs) excuse me. Um, there's a pragmatic approach where you don't necessarily, like if you really polish your report, it looks like a, you know infographic but Mm. it doesn't solve the problem or it doesn't have the same functionality that it needs Mm. to because the more (laughs) the more design you have the less functionality you're going to get yeah to me like if (coughs) excuse man alive um like it because we well another podcast episode we had we actually talked about storytelling versus power bi Mm -hmm. and they're Mm -hmm. not the same thing and i think a lot of people try to put pigeonhole them because storytelling Mm is really more like a PowerPoint. It's a static point in time. You're trying mm-hmm. to tell a subset of the information. Mm-hmm. A lot of reports are not meant for that, mm-hmm. nor should they be. And you shouldn't design reports for storytelling. Yeah. <coughs> you need to walk, mate. You're okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been one of those weeks. So my, my oldest la- on Monday, um, yeah. So my oldest last week, got like a big, big cough and then my mm. second and then it was almost like watching a horror film like where it's like don't open the door yeah mm. and you can see it coming so yeah. I, i'll mute but yeah i'll let you I'll and it's you. it's when you you know what you're going to get as well you can see it coming towards you anyway i'll, I'll go to your point of regarding the, the, yeah. the data storytelling thing i wouldn't say that the two things are mutually exclusive it's not like you can have design or functionality you can you can definitely have both 
sometimes you're going to have to make sacrifices right depending on, on what you're building of course um uh, but yeah i mean yeah I, I would say generally for what you expect obviously everyone builds different things using the tools right. that they have with power bi it's i wouldn't say it's a wonderful storytelling tool you can you can tell a story with the data. You can lead down certain paths right. and stuff. But when I think of storytelling, and maybe, again, this is just my in interpretation of what that is, that's more about, um, you know, like a, a, um, an infographic style thing or something where there's a lot of moving parts and stuff rather than trying to work out why performance in a certain area is poor. Well, yeah, to your point, it's a point in time that you're trying to solve an answer where we had campaign a run for two months did campaign a do well or should we spend money yeah. uh, you know in this product yes or no mm. and that only survives for a limited amount of time so it doesn't mm. have the same scalability of our other of what our normal reports are yeah. so and i i think you're you're dead on so get the data yeah get the data right first but really when you storytell you're trying to lead a very direct path or road right yeah. Yeah. And when we build a report and I'm really, honestly, I'm, I'm getting more and more turned off by the word report because, um, Interesting. I, I, okay. Yeah. I, so that. I do this in training where I, I ask everyone, like at the same time, right. What is a report? And you, you don't get the same answer, right? Mm -hmm. Wall street. It means a completely different thing in the 1980s. It meant a different thing. A report in power BI means a different thing than like a summary, right? And so I think the, I don't know why I, I, it's, it's. No, I, I'm yeah. fully with you actually, because I, I never use the word dashboard because it's confusing because of yeah. those horrendous things that we have there that have been there since whatever, like 1974 or whatever. Um, report. Again, it's your interpretation of what you see. It seems very formal. It's very structured. It's very, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's, there's nothing. If you use the word report, it kind of kills a little bit of um, design straight away, even to the extent, and this is ridiculous how like narrow my vision was in this regard, the thought of even creating a Power BI report that wasn't this rectangle right. for right. my screen. And I saw someone do it once and I was like, oh yeah, never even thought about that. What's wrong with me? <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, I... And it is crazy though, too. Like, I mean, I used, we had the conversation on the podcast too, but I've, I've done, had this talk with a user group where I was much more analytical before Power BI. Where, okay, yeah. and, and I'll kind of explain what that means, where any, because we didn't have the tools and technology, usually the requests that came in for us hmm. was we need to see if we need to spend money in XYZ. Or should we invest more in our regional managers in which region? Hmm. And next week we're meeting on this. So come with a conclusion. Hmm. <clears throat> so I would run through Excel. We run through whatever database and we put together the visuals, but it was very targeted for that particular question. Yeah. Yeah. And then after the meeting or after the summary, you were done. Like you may follow up on that data, but it was very much to answer one particular question. Hmm. That doesn't happen as much anymore. Yeah. Or <clears throat> people see Power BI and they go, well, show me the trend because it has everything, right? Is that it's that curse of like, you got a smart TV 
and it does everything it does everything badly but it does everything you know what i mean yeah like the netflix is poor or and, and to me it's that this that curse of it is just crappy at everything but it does everything yeah and i'm not saying power bi is that but i think okay. people power bi is phenomenal but i think people are like oh good you can do everything with it so show me trending and show me a table and show mm. me this and mm. it's almost like you don't yes we can do all of it but we don't need to yeah absolutely i just want to go back to this point by um goodly it, i quite liked it. it was a nice comment do you mm. think there could be separate people exclusively focusing on design and probably a new but modeling um mm. Yeah, that's a good question. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, I I know people are saying, and on like more enterprise com uh, companies, organizations, you do separate that out. Mm. That's a tough one though, because mm. the technology allows, like the technology, the Power BI platform, I think allows for someone to wear both hats and be efficient at that. Mm. And it's not really a collaborative tool yet, where you no, can have not. a modeler and you can have a visual side of it. Um, I, I would be interested to hear other people who do mm. deal with that. Like we, we've, t we tried that out in a few situations. It didn't work great, yeah. you know? So I'm not sure if I, I'm for my interpretation of the question I'm thinking, do you think there could be, as in, do I think it's a good idea or mm. do I think that it exists? Do I think it's a good idea? Uh, no, I think if, I'll just bring the question back up again. If I think it's a good idea, I don't think it's a good idea to have someone who works on design and has like no idea about modeling. This would not make any sense to me. Um, however, if they start that way, and then of course learn the modeling, this is this is completely normal. I mean, everyone. If you, I mean, again, I have a not a similar background to you, but I'm a person who came from a very different industry. I studied history, history and politics. And when you study, study history and politics, they don't mention much about data modeling. Um, so, of course, I had to uh, learn that. But yeah, and, yeah. And that's actually a, a really, I love that because um, data goblins, and I, I need to find that article. Oh, data goblins, um, what are, it's a, such yeah. a requirements and design. So, we, yeah, 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 I'll yeah. put that in here. I think to, the, to your point, and I, I agree completely because what happens is, in order to build a report and with power bi you need to be part of those scoping calls like what's the purpose mm -hmm. right so if you now have two people one person doing the modeling and one person doing the visual what's mm -hmm. that handoff like right if you yeah. don't have you're building the model or you're designing the shaping the model in a way to answer that question whatever the report requirements are mm -hmm. generally speaking unless you're doing a lot of general reports but if you categorize your reports like analytical operational or targeted you know, generally there's a real specific purpose in mind. So mm. when it goes to the designer, um, and we, I think a big part of this is that empathy side of listening to what is the problem. Mm. Okay. So let's say I get the model, right. And it has my star schema. Great. So now I'm going to create the DAX measures, but I never, I've never talked to the stakeholder at all. Mm. Generally speaking, because why would you have both people involved in that entire process? Mm. Again, um, I don't think there is a, this is a great question because I don't think there's a definite good answer here, mm. but let's say you don't have both people involved and then that person now has to try to figure out what to do. Yeah. Um, I think the general concept of me is quite strange because now I think about it, as you said before, Power BI is at this point, not a collaborative tool. It's, you know, right. One person, the thought of actually collaborating on a report is 
strange to me because for so long it's just been of course you can help people out and do bits and pieces but generally speaking from how i've worked for a long time now is you have your report you build that report and all elements of it so to have one person doing one thing another person doing another thing i'm sure it will happen because they're talking about you know making it better in that regard i'm sure it will happen the model is collaborative that is um yeah, that so is, I, 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 I that. you know we work on the same project within one? Right, it's, it's weird to me. So yeah, I see uh, uh, Wagner say the model's collaborative. See if you can get them online right now. We can we can butt heads. I, I'm intrigued. What to go on? Go on, go on, Kratos. You, you bring them in. So, yeah, bring them on. Um, bring them on. Yeah. Quick question. But, um, it, a different thing. Um, yes, I'm doing um new stars of date. I'm doing it tomorrow. I'm presenting something tomorrow, by the way. So this is just interjecting the conversation yeah, yeah. i i've never done a big like kind of presentation other than um in lo- local user groups so i qualified to new styles of data so i'm right. doing something tomorrow anyway sorry back to your point no no you're good you're good so yeah i i think that that collaboration side i don't know if the technology is ever i don't know if it's a technology issue or it is that process issue hmm. and i think that's probably where i go with that is i think it's power bi is a tool where one person can work on it and mm. I think you need enough. I would rather, let me put it this way. I'll, I'll conclude this, sec- this part at least. And I would rather have more people who know all the aspects can do modeling and can do visualization than one person very focused on each. Mm. Um, yeah, I think it, that, yes, for, for sure. I think also you have to, everyone has to be like aware of their knowledge and understand what every every single person is doing um so yeah it can get it can get tough but i think for sure it's yeah it could work but it'll be interesting to see how, how it develops out in the um and well, well don't underestimate the, the technology changes so rapidly and i think this is the difference compared to like legacy systems hmm. um the technology changes so rapidly that you need to be aware of both aspects of what is changing in the modeling hmm. sphere because Microsoft's always developing new things, power data flows or, mm. uh, or with Azure. And then from the visual side, they're doing so many things that I think you need someone who's just aware of both. Like, mm. because if you're not developing a great example, we brought up or is the audiences in power BI, the new mm. app audience, finally an update to apps. Mm. Um, if you're aware of that, that will change the process of how you deploy Mm-hmm. And the people that are involved, which I think is a big part of this, because who who's in, who's in, who's in charge of that? The modeler mm-hmm. or the designer? Yeah, it's the the gray lines of who does what. It's, yeah, I mean, generally speaking, that can be annoying in projects anyway. So the more heads you bring in, the harder it can get. It's um, yeah, right. Yeah. It, 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 I actually I was had a project that was kind of collaborative a few months ago, and it didn't wasn't great to be honest. Um. So we just said, okay, let's, I mean, there was nothing to do with, with the person. It was, I think, because again, we've been so used to, you know, having these very separate roles. Once it kind of comes back, once it's more possible, we'll have, you have to see how it works, basically. So we'll see. Um, okay. I'm just, just thinking about something. Um, we're kind of talking before about um, design and stuff in companies. Someone, I forget who initiated the conversation on Twitter. They were talking about corporate color schemes in reports yeah, and a- and then um yeah it was it was um Crowdersby, and then he posted the um you posted this this pepsi challenge of all the color schemes that you have 
with if you use um, if you use the pe- the Pepsi colors, which is quite interesting. How, just out of curiosity, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about corp- uh, corporate colors within reports? Because it turned into quite a long discussion. It was quite interesting. So I actually I did not see that thread, but yeah, send that to me. Um, I, I completely agree. A previous organization I was at, I <clears throat> and a, a client now. The primary color is a very, very red. (laughs) I call it very red. So, yeah. And, you know, like, obviously you're like, that's the the theme. That's the main color. So we tried to develop that. We used the branding guidelines. And then you're looking at everything like, is everything wrong? Like, or is everything Mm -hmm. bad? Mm -hmm. And you realize very quickly that takes away. So, and then the, I, I, I'm very much in the, what I've realized too, working with other clients where we're like, uh, there's a tool out there that you can like plug in a website and it will bring out some color, like guidelines from their site. I was using this. I think we use something similar today, at least also you yeah. can upload a photograph and it will bring out the colors. It's really good. Uh, yeah. And I, I think it's pull. Yeah. Here I'll send this here. This is one of my favorites. So you can type in anything here. Um, for example, you can type in like New York Yankees okay. and, or you okay. can type in uh, or power BI and it'll give you based on websites or the images like different color guidelines, which is really neat. But that being said, <clears throat> I was using this with another with another client, and they're like, I know these are our colors, but we don't like these. So we started adjusting. Mm-hmm. We worked with their graphic, like you know, briefly to create a corporate color guideline for visualization. And I think there there is a difference that needs to be established because mm-hmm. as much as you want to use a corporate theme. That does not translate all the time for data visualization. And I think you can work with people at the company to what their preference are. Mm. And I think you could do that to start. Um, Let me ask you this. I'll I'll follow up with another question. (laughs) Should there be color theme variations of the color theme for apps? That's a good question. I thought about that. Um, Yeah, I can see why I could see why that could that could be, I'm not saying it definitely should, but I would, I would have a great problem with it, to be honest. I mean, I, I would always say, I mean, just general in the concept of themes, you should always have a theme at a company, have a theme because it keeps things standardized. That's for sure. I really, I don't think that theme should have to do anything to do with the the company colors at all. It can, if you want to, in the case that you're talking about with this really strong red, you can maybe put a splash of that in somewhere. I think, I think, um, is he, yeah, he's in, um, uh, I forget names really easily when I talk and I do apologize. Johnny Winter, Johnny Winter posted something a couple of days ago, a, a, a video on his YouTube channel, I believe, if I'm wrong, please correct me, talking about themes with a, a footer or a header or something. And that was a really oh, good yeah. video. And um, yes, um, I think also you say now like a header or a footer with like a bar. Actually, probably if I think about it, quite like a, <laughs> a PowerPoint style thing where you've got like a line across the bottom. Just so, okay. I do think it's a little bit, and also this, the blue for finance, the, um, sorry, the blue for HR, yeah. green for finance, for the app thing, that makes sense. Um, I, I think it's a bit strange sometimes when co- corporations need the logo on the report and the close, it's like what? Did you forget where you work? Um, it's, if the report is internal, for me, what's important is that it's all standardized and people aren't picking like crazy pinks right. and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I think yeah. Yeah. If, there's a, yeah. if there's a crazy color in there, kind of put it in as like as a nod to it, but that's it and then forget about it. 
Right. And I, I think it's all about the, the, the user experience where I know if I'm looking and I, uh, um, Wagner said this, or Chris said this, it, like the blue for HR, mm -hmm. however, whatever you choose, the consistency is most important. Yeah. Because I know if I'm looking in like my, my header and yeah, I'm, I'm a huge proponent of headers of like what the report is and having mm -hmm. also meshing it with the color of the apps, which I still don't know why we can't choose a color for Power BI apps or customize that. Like you only have those. 12 colors that you can still choose from since the dawn of time. There's a lot changed. That's my own thing. That's my own problem that I'll deal with. But um, <laughs> I, I don't know why. I mean, that should be, if you can change the theme of your tenant, you should be able to change the theme of your app. But that being said, thank you. Yeah. I, I know That's I'm not going point. crazy here on that. No, no, um, no you, you, yeah. you got a fan there. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, it, it's because it's all about the experience and you, mm. you don't, this goes back to the design where you don't have to be a professional graphic designer, but you mm. better have those theories down the standard look professional, yeah. use a shadow in the right place, use a header, make it consistent. Mm. And that includes the colors. Because I, you have people on an organization who are, can figure things out and people if their outlook doesn't work they fall out of their chair you know what i mean like and <laughs> technology is just more foreign so you need to provide like hey, oh i'm familiar they're not they couldn't tell you green means marketing but they may have it's that that background idea where hmm. imagine if every time you went to your taskbar on windows the color changed it was just random how hmm. frustrating would that be hmm. you know like i i have a, yeah and also, I, I had a discussion a while ago, but I used to do this thing where I would use a different browser for each of the things I was using that browser for. And someone got me and said, why don't you just change the color of the browser right. for each session? And I did that, and it works wonderfully. I never thought about that. I'm a bit slow. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do? I do the same um, thing. I do the yeah, same thing. And it, it's great. I can see it now. So the green one is my personal one, the whatever, the blue one is work yeah. one, and then the red one is my admin one. So I can make, I mean, we're, yeah. you know, we're very visual creatures. I mean, we're working data visualization, so we can link those things together. Um, but have yeah, you had but, Jeff here on, by the way? I have had Jeff on. Okay. Um, I accidentally left Jeff alone because my internet went down. And then we, so we have, I have a Jeff one and a Jeff two. Um, but yes, I've had Jeff on. <laughs> I, I would be interested what he feels on the storytelling one because he has Jeff, you have one of the best uh, power BI reports or data applications, because again, we can't call a report. I can't call that a report. The yeah. best use of power BI I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, but the story that goes back to that storytelling debate. So yeah, he's brought this comment. Uh, he's like, by everyone making power BI dashboards, a copy of storytelling with data. Okay. Fair enough, son. There you yeah. go. Hey, Jeff, you Why may not? get a message from me to do a user group preferred in Chicago in the next few months. So this is his, are you um, referring to his report? Like the, the, the style guide or basically yeah, how to yeah, use yeah, Power yeah, BI. Yeah. It's very, very good. It is. Um, is it, it's open, right? You can just access it from. Yeah. His, yeah. yeah. So I'll, I'll see if I can find that. I'm sure Jeff has it as well. Yeah. Jeff's got it. If, if Jeff can be bothered, he can, he can link it himself. Cause he, ha he has, he has the right to do so. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, yeah, yeah, Jeff is also saying, I don't understand why we obsess about corporate colors or not. Yet we don't talk about data visit. We talk about that. Yeah, we don't talk about data visit. Now. We talk about data visit all the time. Who's we? Who's we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Most of what we talk okay. about sometimes. Yeah. Um, but yes, he's right. I mean, 
this is also a thing as well. I think you've talked about like overlooked skill sets, but I think I mentioned it a while back, kind of looping, looping back to that. Um, yeah, I think it's becoming more, I would say it's becoming more spoken about, but I'm very much in my Power BI Twitter bubble, right? So what's going right. on outside that, it's probably not being spoken about. But, you know, so many people talking about how to, you know, data modeling, star schema, all this, Power Query or everything, and how to do DAX and all this kind of stuff. But the conversation about how to how to visualize and how to actually do stuff with with data, how to sh project that. I mean, the final part, right, is what I say when I give trainings. At the end of the day, what people, a lot of people like are just the pretty pictures on the data. And, um, yeah. No, and I think it's the soft skills that are the most – Here's the thing. The most books don't talk about those soft skills in Power BI books. It tells you how to use the tool, right? How to use the technology. Yeah. But um, One second. So, my, so we just got something appeared there. Oh, my ah! God. Oh, no. There yeah. we go. Yeah. What did I hear about this? Huh? You're not separating out your modelers, huh? huh? Oh, no. We, we got Chicago oh. Chris. You've, you've, you've angered him now, mate. You've angered him. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> all right let's hear it ding, 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 ding. all right you cannot tell me the people who know what go on in the business all of them who have deep knowledge in the business know how to build and manage a tabular model to most of them 99.9999999 percent none of them know what a star schema is and if you have a terabyte of data that you're trying to cram into a star schema with live streaming data integrated as well that's not something that you're going to see a business user or a report user create am i wrong so i don't know mm -hmm. if you're doing chicago or new york i would i would i would, I would never do i'm too scared <laughs> But you're right for sure. I, I was gonna match your Chicago, and then I am I wrong? I mean, what's up with that, right? So, so then I'm like, okay, there, that's just so classic Les, man. <laughs> oh, oh man, I love We had this dang conversation literally this morning about mm. like give Power BI for everybody, but th that doesn't mean that mm. you can't give like that's like saying everyone should drive without a license no no no. they at least give them go through like some instructions right like to, to, uh, star scheme is not that difficult fair enough well hang on with auto create anyone can take any data you and have your a mouth report. on auto create i hate auto, auto create <laughs> is fantastic like All auto right. relationships or auto dax yeah no the copy paste have a report you just have a report just yeah. immediately you have it, right? That is fantastic for someone who's just trying to get in and understand what the heck the stupid spreadsheet is that, you know, Tommy sent over last night and what the heck am I supposed to do with this thing, right? Um, like, it is brilliant. And that's why everyone should have Power BI is that they can use it at their level. It's super important. It's great. But when it comes to modeling... That's a completely, that's potentially a completely different topic, especially on a large enterprise model. And when you have a large enterprise model and you have a very complex model, the subject matter expertise you need in order to manage and understand all the different areas of your data is too big. It's too big for one person. It's too big for sometimes 20 people. You need five people on each of the subject areas, and then you all have to collaborate and work together on that model. 
right, guy, you tell me how they all collaborate on a single PBIX that's it's like, a model. Where, what's they, the process? You, Who, does everyone have a role then? Like a specific you, role? Like you don't touch the fact table. No one has a, the ability to deploy the model. You do it all in DevOps. You control who has access to control the different folders in the model. They all go in and they, they can make adjustments and changes to the given folders. You have a, a, a code review process for shared folders. And then you do the deployment through DevOps. So we're talking about late I think, people. I think the concept... The, con yeah. the concept is about good. lay people, and we're going to introduce DevOps to them. But not yeah. lay people. You okay. We said, can we share it, and can it be done at yeah. the enterprise level? Yes. It's true. One second. I'll bring this. I've, I've lost control. I'm not. I'm not used to two people. I'm not used to two people. I'm, I'm out of my I'm wheelhouse. I'm like, what's happening? His energy. I'm trying yeah. to match his energy. Tom, Tommy's fine with this. He's like, I'm used to this situation. Three is gold. This, this, this is my area. Tuesdays at the pool. Yeah, 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 exactly. But I think what you're saying, I think the concept makes sense, but I don't think you can do it with a PBX. No, I think no, it, with it's a PBX. Yeah. You manage your yeah. model, you manage mm -hmm. your report. Well, yeah, for sure. I mean, if, if you're talking if you're talking about developing the model outside, of right. course, this is. But then also, but then for me, then you're just talking about a standard data engineering team who create a model and then we bring it in the report. That's quite a oh hang on though your data engineers are managing your pipelines those guys don't in fact those guys will often refuse to learn how to use a tabular model right because they're in python and they're doing the python thing and they're all python all the time and that's great you know god bless <laughs> well if but... you ask me so i'm gonna do my horse shack <laughs> who asked you um but uh well, I mean, clearly, as as Rafael says, I mean, th clearly, data marks is the solution. <laughs> oh no, we're gonna we're getting on data marks now. It's, it's gonna get too messy, man. Come on. That's a whole. I, we're not gonna get into that. But yeah. I mean, I, Chris, I don't think you're wrong, or or, or Grossman, I should say. So I, I don't know who you are. <laughs> but like the idea. To me, the biggest thing is like I, that's a very specific use case with a specific tool. Like you have to know DevOps. So it's a it's a whole that's a whole can of worms. I'm not saying it's a bad solution, but there's no other solution out there, right? Well, if you're talking large enterprise, highly complex, you know, uh, broad models that everyone yeah. needs to be. You have many people that need to be working, operating, and it's the only way to, to operate, right? Mm -hmm. So that's one side. When right. you start to get down into like the departmental or team level. That's where you're starting to say, like, hey, there's no way to um, uh, 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 there, there's no way to, like, break it up. Right. It's in right. just one PPX file. But, mm. yeah, that was that that was my two cents on your conversation. That was a fantastic I, two cents. I love it, mate. Close to, <laughs> close to 10, I would say. Close to 10. <laughs> no, yeah. It was a pleasure. Speak to I'll later. Pay, okay? I'll pay a dime. Peace. <laughs> All right. Now I can fun. talk. With, now I can love say how it. I really feel. I love no, it. But, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Quickly say everything. You couldn't say when you were here, you know? <laughs> Honestly, though, everything you said is right, but my problem is for that particular solution, there's only one tool, and that's DevOps to do that. Right? There's no other approach uh, for that collaboration side. And it, it's just such a stagnated way to do I mean, not stagnated, but it's such a non-flexible approach. Right? No, it's like, if you want to do it this way, this is the one way. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs>
I, I'm not going to disagree. I, I agree with what you're saying, basically. You're just going to upset Chris. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. no. <laughs> Do, the, the, the funny thing is, I can still see Chris, like, in the, in the back of the studio. I can still see him reacting. And that's actually a bit... <laughs> Oh, he's losing oh. it. I love it. I love it. Oh, man. It's good. It's um, I want to com com completely pivot the subject to something different. Yeah. Um, another video I was watching of yours, it was this how to retire a report, mm. which I think is quite a quite a big topic. Um, my, my kind of half serious, and I mean really half serious take on this is basically how to, how, how, uh, to, to retire a report. You know, you can check the metrics and look, see who's using it and, you know, if that number's going down. But best way to do it, just delete it. And if everyone, if anyone is using it, they'll get back to you and let you know. Do you know what I'm saying? You should, just, I think that's a little more serious, actually. It's brutal. Yeah. It's brutal, man. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? I mean, this is it's the amazing thing. I, I, first off, appreciate all the research because this is why our numbers have gone up apparently because you've been listening. See? But, delete it. No. See screams. There you go. Right. So one approach that we've done and, I, and I've implemented in the past is for a report, like we have a metric usage report and it basically alerts, like has a filter for like the reports that are not viewed within 60 days or like mm. 40, we have 45 to 60 and then th things over 60. Mm, at that okay. point, we look at everyone who's viewed the report. We send a message out to those people going, just letting you know at the end of yeah. the week, this report will be retired, mm. you know? And again, does it work when you have thousands of reports? No, but you can kind of group those together. Sure. Um, and you say, like, this is going to be archived. If you need data here, if there's something here, let us know. Uh, and Friday is going to be the day. Hmm. You don't hear anything, <laughs> but underscore dead. But like, and and then you just do it on Friday. I always like to give the notice because, yes, you can do that, you know, kill it and see who screams. But, man, those people are not going to come back to Power BI. No, no. I was, uh, I was, and, I was half joking. Yeah, no, no, but you're. There's a point to that, though. Yeah. I mean, one of the things, I mean, if I'm killing a report or actually if I am have a new version of the report and we just it's just being moved to someone else. Yeah. For me, the best thing to do is just put a huge message on the report that you can click away. This report is due to be retired at this date. If yeah. you're using it, let us know by clicking on a button. So automate a process. You get like an email so you can see right. how people are using it. Or if it's simply moving, same thing. But the message with the link to the new version of the report. You had that functionality of just basically shoving information down someone's face with, with a huge message in the front of it. Yeah, and um, we use Power Automate for that. But no, I, I think that needs to be part of the process more, and not just retiring. But you, like you said, V one to V two. Yeah. Um, we, I just had a situation where we built a report that was kind of like a global report. It was a universal report for a department. And a lot of the reports were built on it. But we realized two years later, the logic that was used in that report, while effective back in the day, is no longer how the business mm -hmm. operates. Yeah, sure. And it was it was a gradual process that was happening in the business where we're like, you know, this is just this no longer works. And there are two reports we needed to merge. Mm -hmm. So it's going through that migration process. I, I cannot under overstate the the importance of communication with the users the organization on a migration process uh because uh, my my biggest complaint and my biggest focus is that trust that you have they have to trust you they have to trust the technology if they don't trust that again you could bring in the smartest power bi guru in the world doesn't matter uh so that ability to say we're going to migrate this report here's how it's going to look 
this is what's going to happen because at the end of the day, you're still deleting and uploading a new report. Mm. Um, and, and having that, like what's going to like the, you know, like you ever see like a release notes on an app, what's changing, what's happening, when does it happen? You know, but really but re- providing that. And if you have any questions, please contact us and mm. giving like 30 days out because if you're not yeah. planning for something that large to a company, it's a great question and it's mm. not thought of enough. It's true. Also for the, the contact with the end users, what I like to do is to, um, well, like is a strong word, sometimes do, sometimes reluctantly, sometimes I like it, is just within the report, like you have like a contact section or whatever, mm-hmm. but actually instead of, because I hate, hate emails, they're ridiculous, um, a link to my Teams chat, you click on it, it opens Teams and you yeah. can send me a message straight away. It's like a much more, and they know who to ask if they have any problems with, it's yeah. not refreshed or whatever. Um, because you're right, trust is a big thing, if, especially if you've never used it before. And, you know, the biggest challenges you're ever going to face are user acceptance, right? And oh, yeah. you don't want to crush that. If you don't have a reference page with the author, the stakeholder, and mm. contact information, it's not a complete mm. report to me. Yeah, that's fair. Um, that's fair. We have actually put yeah, in an NPS via mm. Power App into the report. So it's basically like a net, the net promoter score of like, would yeah. you recommend this report? Yeah. And that's on like the reference page includes the legend includes, Hey, if you're upset, here's mm. who to contact. Here's the, 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 here's the consumer who knows about this report. Yeah. And here's a little form that you can submit. I was speaking to, um, wow. Reed Havens in Denmark at this, um, uh, power by next step, which was cool. Um, and he was, he, um, had done this. He created like a, a forms. Mm-hmm. so that the users could provide yeah. feedback with really good questions such as um you know is this good is this a good idea is this a good idea but also the idea of putting a, a net promoter score in there is quite a good yeah. idea as well actually actually just- I, I had a conversation with reed actually yeah. uh on one, one of his things and we talked about culture and mm-hmm. of what the, that looks like so no i i think like uh, i know i know we're getting near time but i, I do want to ask you to me it's fine okay um we live in a world where we talk about everyone else's data, but we never mm. talk about our data. Yeah. Right. Like, and it's very interesting, right? Like how, like if you were to say, well, what's success for sales? What's the success for marketing? Well, what's success for BI? And, and mm. that, that amazes me that there's not a universal metric system to that. Like, you know, what's success mm. for marketing. It's going to be some R, R like return on ad spend. It's a very universal one, right? Yeah. Um, or for sales, it's going to be the close, your prospects and your close. Mm. But for BI, there's not really any universal numbers. And I, I'm, I'm curious your thoughts on that. I can't add much to that because I think I never really thought about it, but it's a very good point. Like, how do we measure the success of a report? We talk about, you know, we want to ensure that the reports that you build, the decisions are based on the data. So how can you measure that? What decision is based on the report that you provide or what extra insights? I mean, really, feedback from people is the only real thing that we have to do that. Oh, this has been really helpful. Thank you. But how do you measure that? No no idea, to be honest. Right. Um, Well, and again, maybe this goes back to where sociology at least played some success. (laughs) Is is quantitative and qualitative. We can get the, Mm. I mean, there's the amazing amount of resources we can get from the activity log yeah. with a uh, usage like days since used. And I actually do the, um, and this is why I'm in data and not in, in English, but the par- the paradio test, the 80, 20 rule. Okay. Yeah. So it's basically 80% of your performance comes from 20% of the resources mm. of effort. Mm. So 
we we that's a metric that I I I've developed for usage is is 80% of my views coming from 20% of the people. Yeah. Because that tells me that okay, yeah, this report might have a lot of views, hmm. but it's only coming from you know 20 people out of yeah. the hundred that should oh, yeah. So that's one metric that we do. We look at the recent views, mm. the people viewing it, but also the qualitative, I think is just as important. We can measure that. Like mm. the idea, can you measure trust? Mm. I think you can. I think um, Warren Buffett said, I rather be, what, what was the quote? I, I rather be impartially correct than precisely wrong. So. Okay. <laughs> right. No, but the idea is like, well, we can't measure it perfectly. Well, that's okay, but can we get mm. some index of where we're at? Mm. And I think feedback forms, doing qualitative ways to get an, some ranking of, I feel comfortable in Power BI. I mm. trust the data. That has to be part of our process because I don't yeah. think we're really. I think we're sh we're selling ourselves short, and we're not drinking our own Kool Aid if we're not doing that because that's how we measure our success. It's a it's a very good point. I have never done it. Um, I had planned on doing it. I'm not just making that up. <laughs> I, I um, it was from after speaking to Reed, and I was like, "That's a really cool idea." And I do plan just to even, but you can take it from every level. Like, what right. is working for you? Is this good or bad? Should this slicer work this way? But to the bigger question, that sort yeah. of thing. Um, also, kind of the same topic ish um, here what I think Imran and Jeff were kind of talking about this whole thing about when you spend months building a report and then the team requesting it kind of quietly ban it. Yeah. That is infuriating. Jeff's follow up was basically you saying that I try my, I spend my time trying to avoid building reports saying, what will this do? Absolutely correct. There is no way that the first thing that someone says, I want a report. The first answer should not be yes. Okay. Like, no. So yeah. there lies the question. Whose fault is that? Yeah. So let me uh, let me propose that who's is that the authors, the developers' fault, or is that the team's fault? I mean, it depends. I mean, I would say it depends. I'm sorry, but you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it does, right? I mean, it depends. It depends on what you're building. It depends on the communication between the two parties. Um, have the have the has the business changed? Have they started tracking something new? I mean, things are dynamic, right? Business yeah. is dynamic; it does change, but it doesn't change from our perspective when we're kind of. I mean, generally speaking, you, I think, I'll I'll, I'll generalize and say most people will have a, a weekly update at least with a stakeholder to get feedback to see what's going on, what's being done. Are you happy? These sort of things. If you're doing that, and at some point that it's oh, we've changed our mind, then I would say okay, that's stakeholder. So, and no, you're, and you're right. There's no clear, it's not, I, it's not clear cut where it's like, no, it's developer. Yeah. I think ultimately though, it's always going to be on us. Like no, whether or not the fault actually lies on us. I really do think at the end of the day, it's our fault. Like okay. in the sense of we're going to be getting the blame for it. For an example, mm. let's say you build that mm. report and the team's terrible, right? But they ask us this report and you spend hour, you spend two weeks on it and mm. no one views it. Well, when you go to your boss or when you go to your project manager, you look at your own time and you say, did I spend a valuable two weeks? Mm. No, the answer is no at the end of the day. Mm. And I think you, you made some really good points. It's the communication side on, do you have, what's the culture like anyways? Like, are you building reports that actually are going to provide value as it is? Mm. So it's, 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 I mean, it's a more macro fault, not necessarily in that individual report. 
Yeah. I mean, also maybe sometimes it's good to kind of assess what went wrong, but also the assigning blame part is perhaps not the most yeah. important thing. It's just to see how yeah. could we generally improve. And yes. in Imran's case, I think this is also a, an issue. Um, he said probably months in his case, because he was a sole Power BI developer, always going to be difficult if you're the sole Power BI developer, always right. lots of projects, feedback daily, weekly, then, then they stop sending um, CVs. So any daily feedback is pretty yeah. impressive. I would never do that, to be honest. Yeah, if you're the sole Power, Power BI developer, it's tough. It's tough. Because if you don't have the ability to push back and you don't have like, and you're in that culture, like it's a losing situation there mm-hmm. to me, you're not, it's going to be very hard for you to win in that situation. Either you're going to burn out or the people mm-hmm. are going to burn out because you're trying, you're building everything and you mm-hmm. can't tell someone that's not business value because you may not have that stakeholder or that mm-hmm. like, sponsorship, mm-hmm. but we need to be able like, I mean, that's, Again, this goes to the soft skills. If you don't have that ability to go, why? And I think Jeff made a good point. Like, well, why are we really doing this? Mm-hmm. And being able to tell someone, this does not provide value to the business. This does not answer any questions. Therefore, yeah. we'll provide a solution, but it's not what you asked. Yeah. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, <laughs> I love that. I love that. No, it's interesting. It's an interesting topic. Cool. May I am. Um... I think it's probably a good point to leave it to be honest it's been a a nice lively chat we had a, yeah. had a surprise guest which was always always good fun yeah um but really cool i'm really happy that we finally managed to meet up and have yeah. this conversation right because it was a lot of fun and i'd we'll um, love to do it again at another point yeah it was great great chatting with you it was it was a lot of good fun people in the comments who are joined i really appreciate it it uh, always makes the conversation more lively and um yeah just generally more fun so anyone who stops by no matter how long, thank you very much. It's uh, much appreciated. Exactly. Of course, also, everyone knows you already. Check out your work. Check out your podcast that you do every which day? Is it every Thursday? or Every also? Tuesday and Thursday. You can every check Tuesday. us out. Um, again, you, if you want to join us live, 7.30 Central. Or, again, subscribe on Apple and Spotify, um, and you can see all of our episodes. So really, Fantastic. really appreciate that. And, again, um, yeah. Uh, we do the podcast we do other things we do a lot of fun things so yeah it's all cool stuff so um thanks tommy thank everyone and i shall be back next thursday with someone i can't remember but it'll be good fun as well (laughs) all right cheers everyone bye